All right, we've been talking about the weekly planning rhythm kind of across greenhouse coaching, like on the podcast, but also um, on email and on social media, even within our community. And um, really this idea of like, how do you get organized? How do you stay focused on what matters most? And I mean, I think we all struggle with uh, the weight every day of our to-do lists and of distractions and of our goals. And so um, I thought it would be helpful to hear somebody kind of working on this themselves and kind of talking through it together instead of just the format of, you know, teaching a, 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 a framework. And so I invited Tina to the show to come on this episode. Tina is one of the people in the greenhouse community. And um, I just thought we had a, a good conversation already sparking about this. You have a lot of good thoughts and things you've been working on. So welcome to Career Sweet Spot, Tina. And uh, do you want to just share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for the welcome. I'm really excited to be here. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation um, around planning. I found Greenhouse when I lost my job in the spring and looking for some solutions and how to either retool, reinvent, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what to do with myself because I was a bit of a, a Swiss army knife. And so I was really attracted to the greenhouse community because, wow, guess what? There's yeah. a lot of them <laughs> we, there. We are a lot of Swiss and, army knives. Oh, I love it. And even the optionality of the the membership model hmm. attracted to me. So it was really attractive to me. So I have been in the process now of figuring out where do I belong, yeah. you know, in the marketplace or should I be doing my own business or, and that is kind of the nature of some of our <laughs> questions, the or, 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 yeah. and, and, and. Yes. So I'm out here in Austin, te Texas. And um, um, yeah, I'm just really excited about this conversation. Let's see what we can come up with yeah. together and what we extract. And yeah, well, and we can trade. I'll come visit you for South by Southwest or something. Yes. Yes. Always been jealous when I meet people in Austin. I'm like, gosh, part of me wishes I lived there. I just love music and all that. But you, right, yeah. the first time. I'm a musician. You're a musician too? I am. I'm a musician too. And I've lived in three music cities. I was in Memphis before this and Nashville before that. No way. What do you, <laughs> do you sing, play yeah. an instrument? What do you do? Uh, back in the day, I, I sang, played a little acoustic guitar, bass on occasion. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the, but the first time we interacted, I was like, wait, Austin, Texas, you have you have some kind of Midwest accent going on. And being from Michigan myself, I could detect it. And I, I was afraid to go there and make a quick judgment. But you're like, yeah, I got a little Min Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota. Yes, we sound like, you know, everybody and grumpy old man in Fargo. And it's a dead giveaway. <laughs> and I think I've lived in the South actually longer than I've lived in the North now. Yeah, but everybody can pick it. up. I mean, it's still there. It's still it's still at home in my in my heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never thought growing up that we had accents in Michigan until I moved more to the South. And then it took a few years. And then I realized I'm talking to family and they're saying like, you want to go camping? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what'd you say? So it's funny. I, I kind of like that about moving to different places. All right. So Tina, you were mentioning that you're a Swiss army knight. I think this is a fascinating topic yes. because you're right at Greenhouse. We often, I think, just come across or work with people who are generalists or 
um, creatives, entrepreneurs. It's kind of like you don't fit a box on the org chart. And one of the challenges can right. be that you're interested in a lot of things. So then how do you focus on a few things? Um, right. That for me was also the struggle and kind of where the weekly planning rhythm um, kind of came to life is trying to pull from different sources. Like, all right, what's a simple repeatable framework that that actually works, that actually works? Isn't just like, oh, that sounds good, but it actually works. And it's not so overwhelming that you just kind of like ignore it. So <laughs> um, we've talked about this a bit and I want to get into it. But first, first, tell me a bit about like when it comes to productivity or setting priorities and like organizing your work in life. What what have you tried before? What's what has worked? What has not worked? Um, let's start there. Oh, my mercy. Okay. So <laughs> I think back um, several years of my career, because I'll, I will say this, I had an awareness that was kind of game changing when it came to productivity. And the awareness was that I am neurodiverse, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people might call it ADD. Um, I can my focus is all over the place. Sometimes it's super hyper-focused. Sometimes it's not focused. And I think before I had that awareness, the fact that I, I felt I was in a consistent pattern of failure with time management systems was really troublesome for me and contributed even to just um, a lack of self-efficacy and confidence because there are a lot of really great systems out there and a lot of people will say they are scientifically proven. And I keep thinking, well, for which demographic? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So when I kind of discovered, hey, listen, I interact with my world in a very unique way. That's when I started having a different relationship with planning and time management. Mm -hmm. I stopped kind of attempting to fit my, you know, I would say my octagon in a, <laughs> on a, <laughs> a in square. a square yeah. hole, so to speak. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and then started to understand that because my mind maybe is not typical and my, and I don't manage my energy in a way that what I have been told is typical in the business world. I'll just put it that way. Um, that freed me up a lot. Mm. And what it freed me up to do is get really creative. Right. So I've tried lots of things, Steve. And here's the thing. Lots of things work and lots of things don't work. And what I've also learned is something that can work in one season doesn't work in another season. Yeah. So this is probably the most unclear answer you're going to get, but it's actually the most clear answer for me is the freedom to know that my systems are going to have to change based on my season in life, what I'm actually doing, like that is going to be normal. Yeah. And so when one system stops working, that's not failure. It's time to reinvent the new one. I think that's that actually a great insight. Yeah. Especially realizing we talked about your personality type. Um, I think you were sharing your Myers-Briggs, right? Yeah. You know, I'm e an ENFP. ENFP. And for people not familiar, that is uh, definitely a more creative type, a more open-ended type, more flexible and kind of variety, like uh, not surprising that kind of one size fits all and forever isn't actually, it, it isn't going to work for you. It's almost ironic that what you, the system you need is an anti-system. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what, 
One thing you mentioned before we hopped on was the the fact that, okay, even if you kind of have one of those systems or you have a plan, you can easily kind of uh, sidetrack your own plan. <laughs> oh, my mercy. Okay, so I, yeah, I know what you're talking uh-huh. about because I actually had a membership with an, with an organization for a bit for accountability coaching. And so one thing I do know about myself is an external stimulus does help right? Like, so if I meet with a person that that's one success factor for me. Well, in that meeting, what we were doing, we were setting, hey, these are the top three things that you're going to do. And now let's time block for all the steps that you need to do. So I'm sitting down and I'm time blocking the whole week. And I'm going to get these three big things done (laughs) Uh and all the steps that are, you know, necessary to get that done. And then I go to meet with my coach the next week. And I have got nothing done. It's like, how could you possibly get nothing done? You had it all planned out. Well, I mean, I, I just, I offend my own schedule all the time. I feel like I'm somewhat at the mercy of if I feel Uh like doing it. So over that whole system didn't work. And so when I was working with the coach, I think she was one of these very linear people. Because she's well, let's try it again next week. <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, you don't understand. That's sure, make it worse. we can try. <laughs> yeah, let me do two weeks, you know, over this. Yeah, so yeah, I just if I do too much time blocking, and it's only yeah. for me. Here's the thing, Steve. For me, I time block for myself, meaning I'm the only person that I'm accountable to at that time block. More often than not, I offend that. I found yeah. that schedule. Yeah, you don't obey your own rules because it is based more on how you're feeling in the moment. And of course, I I think you're actually yeah. calling out two great things here, which is there's a there are personality types that are more um, step by step works for them because they actually follow the steps. Um, they're more linear. They're more attuned to rules and kind of following consistent, repeatable behaviors. There's feelers, and I mean there are other categories, but you're calling out the, that part of it where hey, if I don't feel like it right now, or I feel like something else, then I'm probably not going to obey that time block. There's a high likelihood that that (laughs) might happen. (laughs) Your face right there. I'd like to say I'm mature enough and self-disciplined enough, but my history says, no, that's not the case. Yeah. That that is not a route that I am successful with. Yeah. I, I experienced the same thing, so I can relate to that. It's, um, pretty often that I'll say, uh, well, you know, that was scheduled and we worked out all the plans for that, but like, nah, I'm not really in the mood for that right now. <laughs> it's bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But yep. I, I think that's cool. <laughs> You're recognizing a reality instead of trying to fight uphill forever. It's, it's almost like, how could you, yeah. how could you adjust the system to work with that? Well, I will say like looking at, at the planning guide that you guys have set up, let me tell you what I do like about it. There, I mean, because you guys get us, us folks who need a lot of spaciousness and flexibility, because we're looking at a, you know, a planning system where it's like, hey, what is this one main thing that we need to get done? One, mm-hmm. not seven. Yeah. <laughs> one main thing. And then yeah. when, when I look at this idea of, hey, there's a, a deep work block, right? What I do know about myself is I... I get my best work done when I can hyper focus. Mm-hmm. So when I think about a good block of time to do something really important, I do need a good block 
of uninterrupted time. Now, because I'm a little bit subject to how I feel and how inspired I am to some degree, I have to make that block very, very spacious Mm -hmm. because it can take time for me to warm up into actually executing. Yeah. Right. I might piddle around for an hour before I actually feel like maybe I have enough energetic momentum to execute on the thing. So I've stopped judging that as bad. Mm -hmm. I've stopped judging that as ineffective. I'm just recognizing that's my process. So if I know something takes maybe an hour, I'll probably schedule two hours because I know that I'm not just going to be able to turn it on necessarily. I might, but I might not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so good. And that's another reason to have, to think about all the aspects of the environment during that block. So you add an extra hour, you have a certain, you know, for me, it tends to be like more in the morning with fresh brewed coffee, maybe even at a coffee shop or somewhere with lots of like noise and stimuli. I mean, for some people that'd be terrible, but for me, I know that all those environmental elements help me to get the hyper focus. Yes. And I think about whatever the task is, is it a heavy lift task? Uh-huh. Is it something that's going to require a lot of concentration or is it just something that needs to get done? Right. Yeah. Because those require different like resources inside of me. So when I go to block the time, if it's something that's really heavy lifting, then I do need to do it at a particular time in the day when that resource is available to me. I know this about myself. It's not necessarily the morning. It's kind of mid-afternoon because I need to get some momentum rolling, Yeah. (laughs) right? Like get some things happening. And then, man, when I hit that afternoon, I can really, like, I can give it all I got. But if it's something that just needs to get done, I mean, gosh, I can do that while I'm watching TV at 8 o'clock at night. Then I might plan it for 8 o'clock at night while I'm watching TV. So recognizing, you know, what the lift is there, you know, is important when I decide when the time, the time block is going to be as well. That's cool. What's your, so for the afternoon ideal time, um, what's typically the best setting that works for you? You realize what you're asking, right? (laughs) You asked me to pick something. (laughs) (laughs) A best setting. Well. (laughs) Depends. Kind of depends. (laughs) Sometimes I like being in my office and I've got my structured setup. Sometimes I like to pull my laptop into the living room, be on the couch and, you know, cast it to my TV. Yeah. Whatever I happen to feel. Yeah. So yours is a more is of a really being, the truth. being aware in that time and kind of adjusting to that. It's more about the awareness than the plan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And another thing you called out, this was, this was cool because I, I can relate to this one. Um, I don't think it ever clicked for me until you said it this way. One thing for, for a week versus seven things. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons that works well, but for your personality type, I think for mine too, there's something about um, trying to do maybe one big thing every day that I'm setting myself up to fail because of that consistency required every day. Not going to happen for me, but over the course of a week, I can at least find one time to nail it once. And if I do that and that's a success criteria, I can win every week usually. Yes. Yes. And even if I block it thinking it's the ideal time, it might not get done till Thursday night. Right. <laughs> it's still, that's okay. You're but planning, it's one thing. Exactly. But so you're I'm planning not in that mitigation that like you're planning the grace in. <laughs> 
Yes. I mean, the reality is, Steve, listen, we all get more than one thing done in a week, right? We all get more than one thing done in a week. And Mm -hmm. I think when when it comes to planning and goal setting, the thing that is probably the most important to us is our ability to manage our own energy and our own sense of confidence that we can get things done. Mm-hmm. Right. So even though I know I'm going to get more than one thing done in a week, it's not like I sit around all day and I get this one thing done that I've scheduled for Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> um, I'm going to get more done. I'm going to have a list. I have a checklist. I like to cross things off the checklist, but that one thing to be able to say, it is the most important thing. This is the thing that either is the the important and urgent thing, the thing with the highest ROI, the thing that has the most dependencies on it, picking that one thing. And at the end of the week, getting something really important done. Yeah. Really needle moving done. Yeah. I mean, what does that do for you? Like emotionally, mentally? I'm I'm just curious how that affects you to, to get that thing done, to do that. Oh, well, I mean, here's what happens then when that one thing gets done, lots more gets done because it really truly is success breeds success. So when you get that one really important thing done, sometimes that thing you might've put off till week two, you pull into this week because now you're kind of riding on that wave. Like, Hey, there's a little bit more to this wave I can ride. So I'm going to pull some things in. I know for me that that's when I get wins, I my that's when I can start really building some momentum with yeah. success, right? But if I get a bunch of like losses, which means I try and get several things done in a week, and I said I was going to do this on Monday, and it didn't get done on Monday, it can be a little all or nothing. Well, psh, you know, whatever. But if I just have that one thing, if I get that done early in the week, it may build momentum for the rest of the week. If it gets done at the end of the week, it doesn't matter. I still got that uh-huh. thing done. So I still feel like a person on track. Yeah, it's similar for me where I um, could do a bunch of small things all day, all week and get a ton of, you know, have a ton of check, check the boxes and still feel, ah, gosh, because it was all kind of reactionary, urgent stuff versus even yes. just one big thing. And then the small stuff later, even if I don't get all the small stuff done, it's actually happened to me today then I actually get more of the small stuff done and I feel more accomplished. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would identify with that. I would identify with that. Sometimes that little stuff that needs to get done, it's the busy stuff, right? It's the busy work. And sometimes it's the easy stuff because that one thing, uh, maybe it's hard. Uh huh. Maybe it's the challenging thing. Maybe it's the uncomfortable thing. And so we can pits around doing a lot of these teeny tiny things and accumulating a lot of, you know, tasks, I'll say, but we're avoiding the one thing. And really the win is with that one thing. That's where that, that's where that self-efficacy is built with that one thing, right? That important thing. Yeah. And there's something about, you know, the weeks that I feel like, oh, well, there's five one things and I don't just choose one of the five, then it's also a weighty feeling of, ah, I did, I did get yes. one huge thing done, but ah, there's four more. And so there's almost this weird mental game yes. of just pick one, put everything else kind of on the list for later. Give yourself that freedom too. 
I, I'm sitting here thinking about this and I'm thinking about our conversation right now. And I'm thinking about all the things I've ever heard in personal development about goal setting and how really our way to success is exact opposite of everything I've ever learned. Like you got to have a system. No, I need, I need to not have too much of a system. You got to set, you know, you got to set lots of steps. You got to map out all the steps. No, just give me one step. Right. Yeah. It's well, kind of interesting. It is. I mean, I just think the problem most of us are experiencing in this culture is overwhelm. And so a, a super complicated oh, yeah. system that requires you to be perfect every day, it's designed for failure. It's like, well, we're all overwhelmed to begin with and none of us are going to do it perfect. So now I'm just feeling I think it, it, it discounts the feeling part, which we're so emotion driven. Like if I'm failing all the time, yeah. and feeling like I'm behind all the time ain't none of this going to work. Like It's better to be no. successful at a tiny thing. I mean, look at me. I just, I, today I did not have time to do an hour long workout. I decided to go to the gym. I was there for seven minutes and I, but it gave me a win and some momentum that was better than just like failing yep. at getting there for an hour every day. <laughs> yes. So I want to, I want to go back to something really important. You said, um, around okay i set these like deep work blocks or you know like in our system mm -hmm. it's set one deep work block for the week and then it comes around to that day and that time you're like and eh, there's like a million emails i finally have to, this is what happens for me Ooh, i finally have a block to get all these emails done <laughs> you yeah. know it's like i i can totally um disobey my rule because that's my one chance to get caught up on chores but uh, one thing that's worked well for your personality type and mine is, okay, how do we kind of, how do we build defense against ourselves? And so um, mm. having that time set with another person usually works because there's yes. some amount of, I don't want to let them down or I'm, or I'm more excited to show up and do something with another person. So you're shaking yes. your head. I'm, I'm assuming this has worked for you too. <laughs> It, it has worked for me. So now what's interesting is I shared an example earlier where I had this accountability partner and I wasn't getting anything done. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I was a little frustrated with that accountability partner because I didn't feel like she really understood really what, what I needed. Mm. So that that's one thing. But I will say, okay, you know, I've worked with a couple of different courses, even in with, with greenhouse. Right. And you start building relationship and I feel seen, I feel known. Like I'm just very relational, Steve. And I'm a little bit of a people pleaser and I can either make that work to my advantage or call it bad, you yeah. know? And there have been times that I've, you know, I've signed up for, you know, like our courses and our group coaching and I hadn't fully gotten through that entire worksheet. And I just did not want to show up and not have it done. Yeah. I just didn't. Right. I wanted to have a quality conversation. I wanted to contribute. Right. So I agree with you. Like for, for us, uh, for sure, us ENFPs, that social accountability is super powerful. It's why I go to gyms that are social. Yeah. You know, I used to be an Orange Theory member. I, now I go to Regimen, but they're all built around that social component. Right. So I'm not just getting up to work out, I'm getting up to, encourage somebody. Yeah. I'm getting up to build a relationship. I'm getting up to get encouraged. It's multifaceted. I love that phrase. I just wrote it down. Social accountability. Yeah. 
you should you need to tm that that's good <laughs> i oh <laughs> she's like oh going online right now no i i agree and i think for <laughs> me if i step back honestly when you strip it all down part of it is just it's more fun i mean to someone like me it is more fun yeah. to do it with someone else so i'm more likely to show up Versus with myself, I'm like, yeah. well, this is a good chance to get email caught up on, <laughs> you know. The email part is important, right? And, you know, one of the reasons we do that is because I there are times, Steve, honestly, I will do an email in an open block that I've set up for something else because I'm not going to be able to give my mental resources to that thing that that block is meant for if I've got all this background noise mm-hmm. yeah, that I just need to silence. So there, I understand that part of it too, but. Back to the social accountability. I think that's where we were. Yeah, we were at right. It's a good mention though that that's kind of a, plays into your awareness of self. Like, okay, right now I have this thing planned, but I'm not going to be effective if I've got all this noise. So let me go take care of some of that first, and then maybe I can get back to this. Um, it <laughs> it makes me think of how often the deep work or the important stuff is like has a lot of thinking components to it whether it's strategic or creative there's a lot of thinking work to do which kind of takes time to really get in the mode get into the flow (laughs) Mm -hmm. learning typically you got to learn it before you do it with a lot of the the big at least for me right now as I'm moving forward in my career you know I'm having to you know look at different ways to you know retool my skill set so to speak and so I've, I've got to learn certain things, maybe get, you know, looking at different certifications, I've got to put a resume together that uses a completely different set of vocabulary. And it takes time to go online and learn what is the right vocabulary for that position. Yeah. And so, yeah, like the mental, the big things typically are those, those items that require yeah. a lot of us. I'm curious yeah. if there's something... For you in that too. For me, I've been learning more and more that um, physical movement helps me. So going on a walk, if I have something like that, like a task like that to do, I will as most as much as I can, even if it needs to be pacing around a room, I will go for a walk to kind of like think about where I need to start with all this and what my goal is during this next couple hours, and then get into the work. And that, I mean, that works like clockwork for me. But if I'm just staring at the screen and I've been doing stuff and then I switch over and try to do that, it's, I just, I keep getting distracted. I'm stuck. I I can't get over that hump. (laughs) Yes. I would agree with you. The energy movement physically is, is helpful. What's really, I mean, honestly, lately, like the newest thing that I got that's really been helping me is one of these, um, standing I have a standing desk but I have one of these standing desk pads that has a curve in it uh-huh so you're you're shifting your weight like you're walking almost like yes that has been very helpful just to your point of like phys- the physical movement kind of moving the brain juices um that's been something I've been using a lot the last couple of weeks that's helped oh, that's yep. cool oh man we could go forever but um what is what is kind of next for you in terms of all this stuff? Is there something that you've been trying to um, do lately or that you have kind of on the docket for this week? In terms of just in terms of your planning to, yeah, kind of the planning (laughs) and focus. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I I started doing some work this week. So now my time management is looking a little bit different. And that's great, right? The last several months I've not been employed. And so that's been, you know, that's actually been counterproductive to getting things done. Mm -hmm. When I have more to do, I actually can get more done because again, you get the momentum going. So, you know, between the job that I have uh, now, which is taking a certain number of hours and the side projects that are really important to me. A lot of these one things are like my stuff, like continue my study uh, in a particular realm or something else I'm interested in getting involved in. I'm having to take a look at how I'm going to block that. You know, one of the conversations I really do want to have with my new employer when it's right, we'll see is, you know, what, what about this four day work week, right? What about 10 hours? Cause again, I can hyper-focus. I do pretty well. Once I'm in that, that space, I can hyper-focus mm-hmm. if I worked, you know, four days a week. And then I had a, a whole full day because again, I want the spaciousness to have to rev up into, yeah. you know, what it is that I need to do and, you know, be able to, um, work with my my energy and when it's available or go create it if it's not, that works better for me when I have a long chunk of time versus, you know, one or two hours at the end yeah. of the workday when I'm usually toast anyway. So to have to shift gears takes energy, right? Like, okay, I've been doing this all day and now I'm going to go, you know, study for my, you know, my functional health stuff. That is a complete different uh-huh. shift. So that's going to take a whole nother warm up phase, you know, before I can, you know, kind of get into it. So I'm hoping that that's something that I can look at, you know, with my employers having a discussion on this four four day work week, so that I can maintain that level of focus on the job that I'm, you know, have taken, but then also give myself all the spaciousness I need for uh, to be successful with these other things that I'm pursuing. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good place to end. I do think that is a it almost tees up, tees up a whole other topic, which is a good one right now um, for companies and for people to people to um, give thought and intention to in their jobs. That you know, the whole idea of nine to five, Monday through Friday, it's like that stuff was built for a factory system anyway, where everything was very predefined. Repeat the tasks, and I just feel like for years now we have needed a shift in how it's set up and it's almost to me one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is it caused us to it like almost forced us to ask the question of oh should this setup be a little different because I don't think that flexibility thing is a new new thing I think this has been needed for knowledge work for decades now where knowledge work requires all the things you just described and if you can have less work time in a flow state, in a more kind of focused way, you could get way more done than going from meeting to meeting yeah. every 30 minutes for 50 hours a week. But, yep. uh, and I, yep. I realize, I, of course, I run a company, I get it. Like, it's hard to, you have to actually have shared times where you're all working. You can't just all do your own thing forever and ever. But I think there's more give and take than we've, than we've given in the past. It's negotiable, right? I mean, I think we are definitely moving toward an outcome-based, you know, relationship with work. I see it more. And gosh, if I can get the outcomes that you're asking of me in in four days instead of five, is it really about the 40 hours or is it about the outcome? 
I can get this outcome in, in 40 hours. Yeah. And if I can do it in four days, hot diggity dog, because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are doing side hustles, right? A lot of people are got the side gigs going on. So, you know, finding ways to win it both. Yeah. Why can't we win it both? Yeah. Well, that's good. Thanks for giving us our next topic, Tina. Appreciate it. It's really why you came on, right? Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, um, well, yeah, thanks for joining this conversation, sharing your thoughts and what's worked for you. And I, I think this this is one of those topics, sounds boring on paper, but you get into it. It's actually really interesting. So for anyone listening, if you're inspired with this, you can um, also hop into the community or get coaching around this stuff um, at greenhousecoaching.co. Um, and Tina, if we're in South, if we're in uh, Austin, Texas, and want to go to South by Southwest, you're hosting, right? Okay, okay come on, I got an extra room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>